I'm Sinead O'Moore, and you're listening to Every Mum the Podcast, supported by Water Wipes, the world's purest baby wipes. From fertility to birth, pandemic parenting to taking care of ourselves, here we talk to guests about their own unique experiences of parenting. The insane joy and anxious defeat, the love, the laughs, tears, and the moments we don't talk enough about. This season is supported by one of the most essential products for every mum. From that first nappy change to those messy weaning months, water wipes. Made here in Ireland, water wipes are purer than cotton wool and water and made with only two ingredients, 99.9% purified water and a drop of fruit extract, making them ideal to protect and gently cleanse sensitive newborn and even premature skin. As the number one wipe in Ireland, Together, we are committed to providing more support for parents with trusted products and this podcast. In this, our final episode of the season and of 2021, I think as a parenting nation, we could probably all do with a deep exhale and some words of wisdom. Tara Rafter, the navigation coach, joined us in the second ever episode back in 2019 to help us understand why as new mothers, we feel so vulnerable. And I think in many ways, with the loss of control, feeling unsteady, afraid and isolated, the pandemic has us all feeling as vulnerable again. Here, we try to understand the emotional weight of the last few years, how challenging it is for us as we try to raise our babies in a world that we are afraid of, but also that gives us moments of purpose about what we want to get out of life becoming clearer and the power of some simple healing words. Words like, you're doing great, because we are. So take that deep breath. Understand that if you're finding this hard, it's not because you are failing, it's because it actually is really, really hard. And listen to this episode, as it's a little slice of therapy that we all need. Tara, thank you for being the last guest of this season of Everyone the Podcast. I am desperately sad that this is over Zoom because I had the absolute pleasure of your company for the very way back when, for the second episode of the whole show. And it is one of those moments in my life, one of those mornings, I'm telling you, it will forever remain in my mind. And your words have stayed with me since, your words have stayed with listeners since. I constantly get messages when people discover that episode. It was all around the vulnerability of motherhood. But I don't think we've ever felt more vulnerable than we do right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Discuss. Yeah, definitely. Discuss. Yeah. Um, it's such a pleasure to be back, first and foremost. Like, thanks so much for having me. I was blown away to be asked the first time and even more blown away to be asked the yeah. second time um so it's lovely to see you fuming that it's through zoom but look say la vie yeah I think we we talked the first time around about vulnerability in motherhood and I think every single one of us as humans are just feeling so vulnerable now um there's been so much change and you know it's funny like I passed a lady in the street today and I hadn't seen her in ages and there was kind of like a footpath between us and I said to her you know how are you doing and she said oh how are you and I said I don't know <laughs> and it's the truth because I think so many of us don't know how we are or how we're supposed to be um and I think one of the first things to realize is that's completely normal you know we have been strapped into this ruthless roller coaster for the last five million months and if you're listening to this and you don't know how you're feeling welcome to the vulnerability of humanity none of us know um and we're you know changing from minute to minute and hour to hour and day to day and we're at the mercy of so many data sources from so many different places and i think all of those things are they're merciless at the moment with, with the way that we're feeling. Um, and I think the world is nearly holding its breath again at the moment to see what's going to happen next. 
and humans don't do well with that. Um, you know, for as long as we've been here, we need certainty. We need in some shape or form and in some degree to know what's coming next. And none of us do. Um, and I think that leaves a kind of a shaky, wobbly foundation under all of us. And, you know, I have the most incredible friends in, in the counseling and psychotherapy and psychology world. And we're all feeling exactly the same way. Mm. With all the training and all the knowledge and all the knowing and all the books and all the everything, um, you know, please don't think that there's anyone else out there that has, has their shit together because none of us do. And I think collectively we need to just put our arms around each other at a two meter distance covered in sanitizer. Um, and there needs to be more love than there has ever been because people are scared and really, really, we're nearly all gone back to being small. Mm. You know, that feeling you had when you were small and you're trying to navigate the world and you're not really sure what's going to come next. Um, I think that this whole situation has awoken the, the inner child and brought that aspect of ourselves to the forefront. And for some people, for a lot of people, that's really scary because we're supposed to be the grown-ups. Mm -hmm. And so many of us have children and we're supposed to be the grown-ups. And the inner child in us has been triggered and is feeling vulnerable and frightened and scared. And we feel like we're supposed to have the answers. I'm sure we haven't. That, that poor woman that I saw today, um, I don't think she was expecting that answer when she said, how are you doing? And I said, I don't know. But I think it's the most honest answer we can all give, isn't it? So if you're listening to this, we're recording at a time when, like literally in the last 36 hours or something, there's this whole other new variant, new storm and new media cycles. And it's like fear is driving back up again. And with all of it over the weekend, I, I recognised in myself, yes, I was deflated again and nervous again and frustrated again and sick of it again and angry but everything was duller than it used to be when these sort of announcements came out you know like take me back to this time last year when things were getting scary I felt things in a much more I think natural human response way yeah. And now I'm really worried that like, I just feel like all my senses are kind of dulled. Mm. Everything is like, oh, okay, it's bad again. On we go. Yeah, I think we're all worn out. Yeah. Emotionally, physically, psychologically, spiritually. I think we are all worn out. And those four pillars are what keep us standing. Um, and I think it has been just this barrage of, you know, media and one thing after another and one sad story after another um and collectively I think we're just exhausted and I do think it is exactly what you said it's kind of like you know in Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz at the beginning where it's like the black and white part I think the world feels a little bit like that now mm. and we're all kind of in the black and white part praying for Oz to come back um and even Christmas Lumen, you know, we thought that was going to be the colour. And now it's like, oh, God. Um, so, yeah, definitely that feeling is and I'm hearing it everywhere. Like I work with people across five continents online and the feeling is the same. Um, no one is, is feeling any different. We're all feeling exactly the same way. And I think that worn out, we soldier on feeling. Um, yeah, people are numb. It's the strangest sensation, isn't it? But does that numbness numb the good stuff too? It can, yeah. It can, provided um, you, you allow yourself to stay in it. So, you know, definitely, and I don't know if you're the same as me, but like you, you said there about, you know, kind of getting to learn parts of myself and see parts of myself and spend time with parts of myself by myself um, that I had never experienced before and I think depending on the way you frame the world that can be a positive thing or a negative thing for me definitely there has been a huge shift um, somewhere in the middle of the of the gray and the black and white I managed to find color and 
it was through slowing down and it was through being at home more and not around and you know socially bopping around the place like I would have been previously um just spending time at home with my husband and with my son my son is six now and I have definitely found parts of joy and happiness and adventure with him that I know I, I might not have found if the world had been different um and for me the light like in all of this madness the light is to keep focusing on that and I keep training my brain and you know channeling my awareness to the good stuff with him and six is such a funny little age like he's great crack now like and he drop one-liners out of nowhere and you'd be bursting your sides laughing at some of the things he comes out with um and to him this is his first spin you know on the big ball in the sky like he he doesn't know the world any different he finds humor in the funniest of places and I don't know you're reintroduced to the innocence of it all um so yeah there are parts of it that are definitely in black and white but I think I am growing and putting effort into seeing the color and I think if you you know what do they say where your focus goes your energy flows so I'm definitely seeing more color as a result of channeling that and that's one of the most important reasons why I wanted to talk to you today on this episode at this particular moment in history in this particular moment in time as we head into what we hoped would be the Christmas we were denied last year however that is uncertain um as we head into the dawn of a new year that we definitely thought would be a hell of a lot better but now we also don't know um and what can we how can we begin to focus on those positives, to train the brain, to pick ourselves up from the exhaustion. And I, and, and I think that's something that hasn't really circulated in, enough in media. Like the, the, there's so much statistics around, you know, the case numbers and the physical symptoms to be classified, whether you have it or you don't and all these things. But like, I don't think we understand actually what it has done to our energy levels, to our ability to focus, to our ability to feel optimism, you know, confidence. Um, you know, even when it did open up a little, I felt social anxiety that I don't, don't think I remembered since I was 18. You know, it, it, it has had such impacts upon us. And what I hope to do is to softly recognize them in myself be less critical of myself if I feel them to kind of name it and figure out a way to be like okay that's that it's because of the last two years but how can I take a step towards telling my brain I'm safe yeah or or, or is there a way Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the first step is acceptance, isn't it? So like knowing that the last two years have happened and everybody is exhausted. And all of those things that you mentioned, there are things that I constantly hear on calls. Um, You know, that social anxiety is something that so many people struggled with. Like we struggled to go into the bubbles and then we struggled to come out of the bubbles. You know, there's such a shift that happens for people in in all of that. Um, And I think definitely, you know, just that awareness piece of all that you have been through. And I think we need to hold ourselves so gently. I think sometimes, you know, we have these expectations of ourselves and it is Christmas and, you know, there's almost a click your fingers. It's time to be happy. Um, Maybe that's not realistic for you. And if it's not, that's okay. And I think that awareness piece around, um, like a lot of people lost their jobs. You know, there was, financial pressure on people people lost their homes people lost their loved ones like all of that was real all of that really happened you know we're allowed to feel sad for all of that stuff and I think walking into Christmas you know maybe it's a an opportunity to realign our expectations around what Christmas can be 
um, and what, what we want Christmas to be and what's important moving forward and slowing it all down in your mind. It probably will be a different Christmas for a lot of people. Um, me included, you know, that like I would have been <laughs> flat out living my best life all the other Christmases and there'd be a line of social events and, you know, you'd be going to this one's house and meeting this person and da, 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 and none of that's going to happen. But the people are all still there. And whether it's that we have to experience it through, like me and you are this evening with two cups of tea on Zoom, um, there's still an opportunity to catch up. There's still an opportunity to, to spend time in that person's company. Um, there's still an opportunity to share a laugh or share a tear with someone and just be together. I know the physical bit is missing, um, but like we are all energy at our source and collectively we're all together. I sometimes say to Kai, you know, when he's going to school or if he's doing something and I have to go to work and he says, oh, mum, I'm going to miss you. And I would always say to him, you know, look up at the sky. That's the same sky that mummy looks up at. And he would often say to me when we're back together, I looked up at the sky at 12 o'clock. Did you look up at the sky at 12 o'clock? And I'd say, you know, I did. And he'd say, well, that meant that we were together because we were both under the same sky, you know, and it's that reframing and that awareness that we are together. We mightn't be physically together, but energetically together. Like love can transcend everything. Isn't that what they say? Um, and I think reframing and knowing that even if it is a different Christmas, it will be what you make it. You know, I, I've lost both my parents and I always think of them coming into Christmas and the Christmases that we had when I was small. And listen, some of them were not Disney movie ones, um, but they were lovely in their own little way. We didn't have an awful lot of money growing up and there were some really hard times, but I remember just the feeling the feeling and and the chatting and the talking and the films on the telly and you know going back for the turkey sandwiches and the, the extra bowl of trifle or trying to eat the selection box for your breakfast in the morning and getting killed like I remember all of those little things um and they're such precious memories and I think sometimes when we're in the middle of it all we can take stuff for granted and now that mom and dad are not around anymore like you would give anything to go back just for a second to be back in that little sitting room where, you know, the floor was filled with toys and mom was giving out about the wrapping paper and, you know, the smell of the dinner was coming out of the kitchen and you could hear the kids out the front that got their new bikes and like engage all the senses and bring up all of those memories. I think that's what Christmas is about. Um, and listen, we don't have control over so many of the aspects that are happening in the world, but we do have control over our hearts and the amount of love that we allow out of them and allow into them. And this whole experience has definitely taught me that. Um, it has definitely taught me to slow down even more. And I've learned how precious love is, you know, like I said, and I'm sure you see it with the girls, like you must see because you're around them so much. Have you learned more about them than you would have had in a different circumstance? Yeah, but my concern is, am I always my best self when I'm around them because I've been so worn out? Yeah. Like, I feel like, I feel like, I feel very conflicted around this, okay? Because on one hand, I've made decisions in my life that enable me to actually spend more time with them. Conscious decisions. On the other side of that, though, as I was just ranting to my husband before we came on here, like I have spent an intense amount of time with them. Um. Mm to the point that I feel like, do I always show them my best self because I'm frustrated or I'm multitasking or I have a laptop stuck to me or I have, hang on, I'm busy. I'm trying to do this for work or like, get me out of this house. I'm going to go mad. What do you mean you're sick again? Book the COVID yeah. test again. You can't go to crash again. Test comes back negative. You still have to wait the 48 hours before you're going back in. At the 48 hours you're going back in. Oh, look at that. You're sick again. 
Like, it's this never-ending, when can I have space? When When can I reclaim? And maybe it's that thing of, like, after having had a baby, you're like, when's my time to reclaim? Yeah, yeah. And it never comes because the pandemic rolls on and on and on. Yeah. And I feel like with each month or with each new variant or with each bad news cycle, my like my motivation for the reclaim gets, as you said, smaller and smaller. And I kind of been like, and we just stay inside the box. Yeah. There's yeah. no point in doing any any Black Friday shopping for clothes. Sure, we'll just stay inside the box. Haven't I got the same jumpers that have been covered in little yogurt marks and little cracker stains and there will be a sweetness to this in my memory and my nostalgia Mm. when it comes to an end which it will I will think back so fondly because I do every single night every single night I seem to forget how I literally wanted to run from the place at midday (laughs) and I know in the future I will be like we were so blessed to have had infinite amount of time with them when they were so little without any, you know, the world didn't get anything of me. The girls got me. Yeah. Mm. But on the other hand, I miss the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you said there about your best self, I think it's so important to realize like that's changing all of the time. That's not a constant. To teach our children what our best self is, sometimes it is the version of us that's you know on the sofa stuck to the laptop trying to keep our business afloat in a global pandemic while feeding them a yogurt with your hair in a knot on the top of your head you know wearing yesterday's jumper and the bottom of your pajamas that is my best self quite often (laughs) but he's learning life like you you know I always believe we are we're building little adults to send out into the world when they're that small and my son comes in here with me. He was in here yesterday and he was packing orders and, you know, lifting boxes and moving things around with me and sticking stickers on things because this is what it takes to please God help my business survive a global pandemic. And he does see when we get up at five o'clock in the morning to start work. And he does see the days when I am frustrated or when I'm sad or when I'm worried that is you being your best self. Your best self is human. We're not robots. We, we need our children to understand the expectation of humanity is that we are vulnerable and we're moody and angry is not a bad word. Like, you know, we're human and we're built to process all of the feelings. And I think, you know, one of the undercurrents that I hear with clients time and time again is that they feel like they're not enough if we give our children unrealistic standards to try to match of being perfect all the time you know mommy is here being her best self you know baking cookies and living her best life our children will constantly feel like they're not enough and let me tell you from working with thousands of people that spills into every aspect of your being So the more we can help our children to realize that enough is just you existing exactly as you are on the good days and on the bad days. It's you when you're trying, it's you when your air quotes failing, it's you when you're winning. You're enough exactly as you are, exactly as you are. And the more we can help our children to see that, the more we have succeeded. Like I'm often asked, how do you know if you've done a good job as a parent? And I remember, Marissa Peer saying this once and it really stuck. She said, the one measure of knowing whether or not you've succeeded as a parent is if your child has high self-esteem. That's it. And self-esteem is that we like ourselves. It's how we feel about ourselves. And if your child gets to see you frustrated or angry or sad or celebrating a win when your business does well or something good happens in your life or tired or sick, then your child gets to learn what it's like to be a human. And it means I can like myself when I'm angry because that's normal. And I can like myself when I win and I can like myself when I'm sad. 
and I am building a solid relationship with myself. And I think that is getting lost in the world, definitely in social media. There's this ridiculous filter on the world where we all feel like we need to be amazing. Like I said to you before we came on here, um, I put makeup on over makeup <laughs> and sprayed perfume, even though you can't smell me, you know, just to try and make sure that I looked all right on Zoom, even though no one will see me because welcome to the world. So, yes, that is you being your best self. Your kids will look back. Please, God, I often say to Kevin, you know, I hope I'm lucky enough to sit somewhere with a glass of something and Kai has a glass of something. And he says to me, Mom, how did you do it? How did you do it? How did you hold down a business? How did dad go back to college? How did he hold down a job? How did you pay the bills and rear me? How did you do it? Like that is us being our best selves. And I think we need to be clapping ourselves on the back every day of the bloody week that we're getting through it. This podcast is just one way that every mum can support you. Another amazing way is with our free gift bag, packed full of essentials for you and baby, including free samples of water wipes, the number one wipe against nappy rash. To receive yours, just register now on everymum.ie. There's a free gift bag there waiting for every mum. Because the conversation that we had in 2019 mm. is as real and as valid as it is today. And it was before yeah. any of this happened. Mm. You know, and I spoke to you that day as someone who had a one-year-old mm. who, for the first time listening to you, was able to join the dots in a oh my God, that's why I felt like I was losing my mind. And I know that there are so many women out there with that level of expectation on their shoulders, mm. doing it for the first time this time, you know, having done it for the second time this time and just about getting by, knowing what to expect and what not to expect. The conversations I've had the messages I receive, the weight of expectation, the weight of loneliness, mm. of not understanding, not giving themselves the credit, actually, for, you know, what you said about Kai, of saying, how did you do it? Yeah. And, like, yeah. there seems to be, like, no one around to even turn to you and say, you're incredible for doing yeah. this. Yeah, but we need to be saying it to ourselves every single day. Every day. That old expression, self-praise is no praise, is ridiculous, right? <laughs> because we are our harshest critics. And oftentimes in the world, you know, without rhyme or reason, someone will give you praise and potentially there's an agenda at the other end of it. You're amazing. Will you work late on Friday, right? <laughs> Whereas when we give ourselves praise, mm -hmm. it's rare, right? I am tough on myself and I have practiced a lot of empathy and self-compassion. But when I say to myself, geez, Tara, well done. Like it goes into my bones when I say it. There's a part of me on the inside that goes, everybody stop. This is significant, right? And we can do that for ourselves daily. How? Especially <laughs> now. Honest to God, like I know for me, and I'm sure there's people listening to this who have struggled with their businesses or their relationships or whatever it is but even for me to be still sitting here with a business at the end of it if I don't sit back and say to myself well done Tara for all the days you did work a 16 hour day and you know sat down and created products and launched products and kept driving it on I take the time to sit and say to myself I often take 20 minutes in the morning it could be a cup of tea sitting at the back door anyone that follows Instagram will see I take pictures of the trees but I do often sit there and I'll say to myself, you know, well done. You're doing it. You're still here. You're still getting through. You know, even if it's all I did that morning was make a cup of tea. You made that cup of tea. Like you're doing it. Keep going. You're doing brilliant. I'm proud of you. Like all of those words have such a significant impact on the mind. It's massive when we hear those types of words or compliments or you know praise been said to us 
so often we speak or we seek outside validation in the world and you'll see it on social media um you know counting likes and shares and all of this kind of stuff the praise that we give ourselves is so underrated and even if it's that bit when you put the kids to bed at night that you kept them alive like say to yourself well done me and kevin celebrate kai's birthdays and we always go we got him to six and he's still alive and we always do a cheers but it's a, it's a serious bloody achievement to keep a human safe and protected and alive and all of those things um for a year like that's huge it's a huge responsibility but again we take it for granted and have these crazy expectations of ourselves so how you say it you say it to yourself every day if you can and you'll feel pure daft saying it at the beginning but i promise you it gets in like these are the things we're just not taught you know mm-hmm. there's such essential skills in in i don't know like were we deliberately not taught this because we would then perform and seek all this exterior praise? I don't mean an Instagram. I mean like, you know, from bosses, from leaders, from those in control of us. Like why, where's that chapter? Sometimes it's, it can be based on conditioning. So it depends on kind of, you know, where the world was at. So it could be generational um, and what they thought was the right thing to do. And it's, you know, no one's fault, no one was right, no one was wrong, everyone did their best with what they had. Mm. What I know from my man's generation, um, there would have been, and I hear it sometimes in clients, you know, oh, you're getting a bit too big for your boots there now, or who does she think she is? <laughs> Notions, you know, this kind of, whereas actually, if we can champion ourselves, there's so much weight in that. There's so much weight in it. Like I would often say to people in a session, you know, they'll want the outside validation from a parent, for example. And I'll say, okay, what would happen if you had that praise? And they'll be like, nah, you know, I mightn't believe it or I'd still doubt myself even after it's said. Whereas when we give it to ourselves, it's sincere because it's so rare. I do think it's generational. Um, I, I have definitely noticed it in dialogue that you would have with a client in a session that too big for your boots. Um, come down off your high horse, you know, and that really sticks with people because it goes, it goes back to that old school potential um, rejection over acceptance. So if I'm too big for my boots, I won't be liked, which equals rejection, which is all humans biggest fear. Mm. We will do whatever it takes to be accepted. And if we think that that's playing small, then we play small because we believe that it keeps us in the inner circle. Um, those conversations are completely fascinating to have with people as to where it all comes from. And 99.9% of the time, it's childhood stuff. And you can trace that back. Like if you even look at the world of epigenetics, like you can go back and back and back and see where that came from. Um, And remember, you know, first we make our beliefs and then our beliefs make us. So you need to look closely at what your beliefs are around praise, and around success and praising yourself and succeeding and winning and all of that kind of thing. If your belief is that it's bad, you're always going to stand in your own way. Whereas if you can reframe it and make praise a daily occurrence and begin to associate it with positivity, then the brain will reframe it and recognize it as something that's really good and will steer toward it and will recognize that it equals acceptance and break the generational impact because in doing so you will show your kids a better way of talking to themselves thinking about themselves yeah and hopefully they won't have to go <laughs> discover this in their 30s and 40s yeah it's empowerment isn't it like i would say to kai all the time you know he does you know they do these pictures and constantly think they're amazing and i would say to him you know are you proud of yourself and he'll say, yes, mom. And I'll say it. And he'll say, I'm proud of myself. And you'll see his chin come up, his shoulders come back. You'll see the body respond. Mm. Or if he does a picture, I'll say, you know, did you enjoy doing that? He'll say, yeah, I loved doing that. Um, or I kind of joke with him in the mornings, you know, and I'll say, did anybody tell you that you're fabulous today? <laughs> and he'll say, no, mom, not yet. <laughs> and I'll always make a point of saying it. But I want praise to be like a regular occurrence, that it's something that he knows he can give himself and that it's readily available, that he doesn't need it, but it's there, you know, that it's it's something that's part of his life. And I think that's so important 
for me, and I'm sure for a lot of the people listening, um, one of my biggest challenges as a parent has been to break the patterns and break the cycles. Mm. My parents did their best with what they had, but there was a lot of broken humans, parenting, broken humans, parenting, broken humans. And even the way that I showed love or expressed anger or, you know, so many things you could talk about in terms of patterns. I've had to do a lot of work there. A lot of work on breaking those patterns. Um, and I think there's so much that we can learn about ourselves and so much that we can teach our kids when we start looking at that side of things. What changed in you when the patterns were broken? Yeah, huge shift. Uh, they say that we see the world through two lenses. One is fear and the other one is love. And I know for me, um, and I've spoken openly about it several times before, when I was small, um, alcoholism and domestic violence was something that was a regular occurrence in my house. So the lens I saw the world through was fear. And I never realized how, how much it dominated everything. And once I began to do the work and supported by counselors and psychotherapists um, on my patterns and breaking them, I made the shift to view the world through love. And it was the most enlightening, refreshing experience I've ever had um, and continue to have because your patterns are installed, you know, over decades. And it's like someone turns the lights on like there were other ways to choose to respond to different stimulus in the world, whatever that is, which kids. And I had been parented in one particular way and there were loads of aspects of it that were brilliant. But there were parts of it that weren't so brilliant. Um, and it taught me to, it's like an expansion of the heart is the only way I can describe it. I didn't realize that love could feel like this I thought sometimes love had to almost accompany pain or that there was boundaries to love and that there were certain ways that you had to be in order for there to be for love to exist and for you to still be kind of between the ditches almost um, and still be a good person. So it transformed every relationship that I have in my life. Once you start to see the world through that lens, you can't really go back to seeing it the other way. It, it has definitely, I have a peace inside me now and that was definitely not there before. It's, it's, it's very difficult to put words on it actually. There are things that come after childhood that impact us and that can live in our bones mm. and can add new, you know, new, new lenses to how we see the world, how we behave in the world, how we show up in the world, how we protect ourselves, <clears throat> the risks we take, the risks we don't take, the staying small, the mm. not saying, you know, not using your voice, the, the, all of the things, everything comes, comes around and teaches us something. And I worry that the kind of chronic levels of fear at this point even if you're living life through that lens of love, yeah, it's got foggy. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a bit Good of steam. Yeah, there's a bit of steam on the glasses. Like you've opened the dishwasher. That's <laughs> my that's uh, my version of a spa lately. Yeah. <laughs> We've all had a facial yeah. from the dishwasher, and. Like we've been denied the things that make us feel loved. Mm. We've been denied the things that we do that help us to spark love, generate love, find love, feel mm. loved. Um, and there's all this fear. And I don't want to feel it anymore. And I definitely don't want to live my life through a lens of it. Yeah. What can we do? to wipe the lens <laughs> and go into 22. Like, I don't even say ready, but go into 2022 more resolved with that, with those feelings of, you know, 
here's how I want to live my life. Here's how I want to show up in my life. Here's what I want to show my kids, show myself, do for me. Yeah. And I think so many people are in that headspace as well. Like it's, it's that time of the year, isn't it? Where we start looking back to look forward. It's like, oh, reflect, realign, refocus, relaunch. For me, it has definitely, I have definitely been one of the people as well that have like really sat back and gone, well, what is my version of success now? Because the world has weighed in so heavy. You know, what, what is love? What is love? How do I express it? How can I express it? Mm. You know, because there was all these ways that we could channel it before and now so many of them are gone. And I think it's that, it's stripping it back to basics. And it is controlling the controllables. And I, it's going to be written on my headstone, <laughs> I swear to God. But it is that, um, managing your expectation, leaning into so much of it with compassion and acceptance for where we are. And as much as is possible, controlling what gets into your mind. Like I heard it expressed before about putting a bouncer on your mind in terms of what gets in and what doesn't. <laughs> Um, I'm allergic to watching the news. I am. I just, my husband laughs at this stage. He's like, did you hear about that? I'm like, no, no, no. Um, so I'm very protective around what gets in and where I spend my time and my energy. And I think heading into 22, we need to ask ourselves with an awareness of the level of uncertainty that there is, where do I have power? Where do I have power? Like, is it in my relationship with myself? Because I have grown a lot in the last two years. Mm. Is it in my relationship with my partner? Is it in the way that I parent? I've put a lot of investment in the last two years into breaking the, the patterns, into recognizing through journaling. And, you know, I go to psychotherapy every three weeks. And I have a coach and I have a counselor and lots of talking and unraveling and listening and, you know, Moving into 22, what do I want to bring forward? What do I want to leave behind? But more than anything, where is my power? I think the frustration that people are feeling at the moment is that there's so much focus on all of the areas where we have no power, mm. where someone else is making decisions. Um, and for me, the anchor has always been that since all of this kicked off. And there's moments in it where I'm rattled, you know, and there's moments in it exactly like everybody else where I let her roar and then I go back to Kai 10 minutes later and I'm like, mommy is really sorry. She's wrecked today, <laughs> you know, but it's saying sorry when you know you need to say sorry, that he understands that it's not him and that it is that you're tired. I constantly bring it back like a Superman badge. I'm like, where is my power today? And I have sat in my business and looked at where I could upskill and I've done training and, you know, I've been creative and, I keep on bringing it back to that. And I think if we all walk into 2022 with that one mantra in our minds, like, where is my power? That that focus and allow your energy to flow in that direction. It won't feel so helpless. If COVID taught us anything, it taught us that we never had control to begin with. Like, mm. you know, like all we have is now. None of us know what's coming next. And when we tune into our power, it's tuning into where the power is now. I have no clue what the next year holds either. And yes, with my hand on my heart, that does unnerve me a little bit. But if that's where my focus is, then I will walk forward being really scared. Mm -hmm. And you can be scared and brave at the same time. Like I, you know, my anchor is that I keep bringing it back to the present moment and I keep bringing it back to where do I have control right now? Because that's all the certainty that we do have. And I think the whole world feels the same. And that you did great yesterday. Yeah. And the and day before, yeah. the day before that. Yeah. And you're doing great today. You know, I sometimes put it up on Instagram. It's a cup of tea. You're doing mighty. If you're, you know, because sometimes like that, we're, we're hard on ourselves. Um, and I think lots, like skipfuls of compassion is what's needed. You know, people are really on their journeys at the moment. Um, there's a, a tidal wave happening in the world. 
that needs to be spoken about much more loudly than it is. And it definitely is the emotional collateral damage that is, is as a result of all of this to so many relationships, um, to so many relationships with partners and children and people with, with, within themselves. You know, there's, there's still a lot that's to come. But again, all we can do is our best and our best is changing all the time. Like, you know, I had this conversation with um, a psychologist recently and the feelings that we're all feeling, like I said to that woman, you know, I don't know what I'm feeling. It's to be okay with that. Mm. Some weird place inside yourself to just lean into not knowing particularly what the future is going to hold, but recognizing that the power is now in this moment. And that's the only place that certainty has ever lived. It's just, we thought we, we had so much more of it. Isn't that in fact the essence of vulnerability? Mm. Like, we don't know. We don't know. We're not in control. No. And it's frightening. Mm. And it can, it can change how you show up and it can change, you know, the confidence and the courage that you might have. But I also know that we have these lives that we need to lead. Yeah. And I really want us to do that. I really want us to use, you know, this time to, to try and get that clarity, but to move forward. I think yeah. we've all been like coiled springs. Yeah. And there's a need for like a, a serious release. Yeah. This is going to yeah. be one hell of a party. One yeah. hell of a party. One hell of a party. It's but funny too, like you constantly hear people saying, you know, we're, we're writing the history books. And we are. Like, but I, I do wonder... Like when you look back at different times, how will we be viewed? Mm. How will we be seen by the generations that are to come after us? Um, it's, it, it definitely is something that I, I think about. And then, you know, even from Kai's perspective, like I said to you earlier on, and from your girls, like how, how do we want to be seen when they do reflect back on it, when they're 21 or 22? Please God, all this has blown over how do we want to be seen what do we want them to remember how do they want to have seen us um where do they want to see that our power was or where was our focus where was our energy and i hope in my efforts on the good days and the bad days um that he sees that i'm doing my best and that that was more than enough and if that's all we can take from this, I honestly, it is more powerful than anything else because, oh God, the weight of not feeling enough right now when we have been tasked with taking on so much with the absence of any support system, you know, with everything that we used to do to fill up our cup being, you know, diminished or closed. Yeah. Um, it comes back to the acceptance, the self-compassion, the telling yourself, like, none of this is normal. And it no. wasn't easy before. And now, on the days that it feels impossible, it's not because you're failing. It's because it's actually impossible. Yeah. Um, but we can't stay stuck either. No. So where... In that moment, do you have the power? Maybe it's just the power to flick the kettle. Maybe it's the power to shut down the emails. Maybe it's the power, you know, go for that extra long shower. It, just where in that moment is your power? Because yeah. I, you're so right. It's just about reclaiming it and feeling like you have some authority and control again. And already even thinking about that, I feel like rejuvenated. You know, I yeah. feel like my soul just did a little jump and was like, yeah, I'm here too. I matter too. I need, I need you to look after me too. Um, and we are enough. We are doing enough. And forget the pressure and expectations of Christmas. Turn on the TV, open the quality streets, curl up on the couch you know, the, the jammies don't need to be matching. 
the socks don't need to be matching. No, they definitely don't. I think your attitude in those situations is what frames it. Um, if you think back to any happy memories, I couldn't tell you what someone was wearing. I couldn't. I haven't a clue. But I do remember the things that we laughed at. And I remember the sound of the laughter. Uh, sometimes there's no sound. You know, when you have a great laugh and no sound comes out. <laughs> um, I do remember those things. And it's always about the way that, you know, people can make you feel. You'll, what's that expression that you'll forget what they did? You'll forget mm. what they said. But you'll never forget the way that they make you feel. That's the only place we have power. Our kids don't know what the hell is happening in the world. For some of them, this is their first spin. Um, but they'll never forget how we made them feel. Even though the world was falling apart and losing its shit, we have power there in terms of helping them feel loved and helping them feel significant and special and important and like they belong, even though it feels like it's breaking at the seams. They don't need to know that. And all we need to know is that that's where our power lies. And when we do that, we're doing our best. And that is more than enough. And if they are not words to close out a year of this show and <laughs> the final episode of six seasons, I don't know what else is. There is nothing left to say. You have said it all and so much more. I hope those listening go into December feeling a little bit stronger little like the anxiety on the shoulder is a little bit lighter and optimistic for 2022 we're all doing enough and that's more than enough yep. thank you tara <laughs> thank you for having me again <laughs> oh my god i'd have you for hours and hours and hours this is basically my therapy <laughs> me too <laughs> good night thank you Thank you so much for listening and to Water Wipes, the world's purest baby wipes for their support. Proven to be purer than cotton wool and water, Water Wipes are made with just two ingredients. Our 100% biodegradable, plastic-free and compostable wipes and the winners of seven National Parenting Product Awards 2021, including Best Baby Wipes. So you can do what's best for your baby's skin and help protect the planet. And that's it for 2021. 30 episodes during a year, we all needed each other that little bit more. Thank you for joining us as we try to entertain, inspire, normalise and empathise by sharing experiences and stories from every mum. We hope we've done some good in what has been another crazy year and together with Water Wipes, we wish you all a very warm, safe and magical Christmas. Talk to you again next year.